1: Welcome to the University of Pleasure.
0: Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation.
1: I'm Dr. Tara Chanson, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist.
0: And I'm Jeremiah James. And I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, I'm going to hail back to an old episode where I I talked to you about you said you were playing tennis today and you're kind of in a tennis outfit. And when I said it, you were like, that's super (laughs) inappropriate. But today you're wearing a tennis outfit with a hat on backwards. And literally now I feel swearing. justified.
1: I, I, I don't know that it's a tennis outfit. It's a backward hat and a tank top, I think. <laughs> it's I'm just it's a sporty I, outfit.
0: I feel vindicated. We are back, folks. The Doc in her tennis gear and <sighs> me not in tennis gear. Though next time you should let me know because I could just uh, throw on like a tennis hat or something like that and make. I you love. Feel-
1: I like. Really feel sad about how you're presenting me right now because people are just like going to be like visualizing me as this person that's just like, oh, of course. It- a doctor that's just wearing (laughs) her Sunday tennis whites and is going out to hit the ball. And if anyone that knows me would know that that is so far (laughs) from any accurate representation of my personality in any way, shape or form.
0: (laughs) Listen, there's so a few times doc where I get to tease you about something. This was just one of those moments. Let me have it. (laughs) No. Okay. All right. So, all right. I'm just teasing. But in all seriousness, we just wanted to, before we jump into our interview with the incredible Autumn Karen, uh, who is our first interview on the University of Pleasure, just wanted to say that uh, we know things are very difficult right now, um, but the University of Pleasure really is all about being kind and inclusive and understanding. And we just really wanted to take a moment and address Uh, the difficulty going on in that way, and that we are in a position where we uh, want everyone to know that the University of Pleasure hears you and sees you. And uh, I know the doc wanted to comment on that as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the main goals of this podcast is to, you know, make the world a safer place for diversity and inclusion. Um, And to me, that's important. And there are a lot of people out there right now that are, Putting a lot of effort into working for that same goal. And I think that that's an amazing thing. Um, That said, though, again, as you mentioned, I know that there are a lot of people out there that are struggling and having a hard time and, you know, struggling to make sense of certain things. And as always, you know, I encourage. Um, anyone to, if you're, if you're really struggling to go out and to find somebody to, to talk to, you know, I know, especially if you're, you're still kind of uh, worried about safety issues around health and COVID and things like that, like lots and lots of providers are doing telehealth, right. And so there are lots of ways to get more support. So just wanted to encourage people to do that if they're having a hard time.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, and thank you for that doc. I know coming from a doc that, uh, uh goes quite far. And then from a guy who's the furthest thing from a doc, um, just try to be kind and uh, be empathetic of others. And uh, again, we always say here at the University of Pleasure, just, just try to be a good human being and kind and hear others and listen and uh, try to learn. Um, it's important. It really is. All right, folks, as we said before, we have a very special guest today. Um This is someone who is very near and dear to my heart, obviously, because we are going to be talking to the incredible writer, Autumn Karen, who is my writing partner on the book we've been talking about, Amy, book one, first book in a series. This book is kind of, and I know I've said it before on the University of Pleasure for you folks, but I'm just going to reiterate a little bit. This is kind of if you took, um, you know, swinging lifestyle and mixed it with... Bridget Jones's Diaries. It is a book really, truly about female empowerment, and I'm going to talk to Autumn a little bit more about that and what that means and why. And I know the doc has some questions for her, but Autumn is an incredible writer, and I was looking for somebody to really help me write this book through this idea. And of course, the universe just opened up in the way that it can often do, and Autumn came into my life, and I'm so grateful because truly Autumn does the heavy lifting of this book, um, and. It's just such an honor to have her also be the very first interviewee of the University of Pleasure. Would you agree, Doc? Yes,
1: I am incredibly excited. I'm super excited about the book and I'm super excited to talk to someone other than you. So,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Doc. It's a thrilling day for me, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks listening out there. That all being said, please welcome Autumn Karen to the University of Pleasure. Say hello, Autumn.
2: Hello, Jeremiah and Tara. (laughs)
0: How are you
2: guys? Dr. Tara, Dr. Jansen. You
0: You can can call me Tara.
2: (laughs) I cannot call you Tara. I have to call you doctor because
0: it's a thing, right? It's a thing. Isn't that amazing? I mean, if I went to school for even one-tenth of one percent of the amount the doc did to become the doc, I mean, I would have license plates. I would have t-shirts. I would have things to be like, just in case you weren't sure, I'm a doctor. Like,
2: <laughs> As someone who has done grad school stuff and worked on her doctorate, the fact that you finished it and then practiced so successfully is just fantastic.
1: You... Well, well, thank you, uh, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I won't be getting license plates. And Jeremiah just explained exactly why maybe... It would not be a good idea for him to become a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag abuse of power.
0: Yes, probably. I'm sure.
1: (laughs) And Tara is just fine. (laughs) But call me what you like. But I want to talk more about you and this book you wrote because I think
2: it's fantastic.
0: Thank you, Doc.
2: So this book that we wrote is, I mean, I I don't think I'm overstepping when I say that it's an amazing book. I, I write a lot of books for a living. And this is my favorite so far. Um, It's this remarkable empowerment story of a woman who takes the reins of her own life and goes out and finds some sexy time for herself. Uh, I think the word we're calling it is empowerment erotica. It's definitely what Amy is. She's a real woman who is just like real women everywhere and a real mom, just like I, myself, am a real mom, and I have three kids, just like Amy has three kids, and I'm not saying there's a relation there, but, you know, maybe a little <laughs> bit. And she's, like, juggling her life as a real woman, but she's also exploring herself as an individual. Well, so why, um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, to both of you, I guess, why do a book
1: about, an, in, uh, an empowerment erotica book about swinging? Um, we, we I know that we talked a little bit about swinging in one of our previous episodes, but we just kind of started barely touching on it, it was our consensual non monogamy episode. But so I'd love to use this as an opportunity to talk a little bit more about swinging. But I, I'm also just interested in what made you to choose this as sort of the framework for this story. Yeah,
0: you know, it, it's funny when. There was this idea that was out there about um, doing a book. And and actually, most of the character is actually based on a real person. There are several people that these characters are based off of. And from my personal experience in The Swinging Lifestyle and learning about the world, I realized, as we talked about in previous episodes, about ethically non-monogamous relationships. Use your words. Don't worry, I'm a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Now you all see truly, again, why autumn was my writing partner um but no truly uh it was because there's a lot of misconceptions out there there were a lot of people that that you know when you would say something about swinging it really was like keys in a bucket and like all these weird things and you know a lot of questions were asked like we touched on in that episode and there really weren't a lot of books out there uh about what this lifestyle really is and what it's really like and uh then when i started talking to this uh incredible writer here with us today. It was this idea of going like, hey, why don't we try to show what this world really is? But most importantly, from a woman's perspective, most things are, I would say, and tell me if I'm saying something out of line here, Autumn, but the idea that it's, you know, most books like this are very male-centric, and we really wanted to do something that was not only female-centric, really from a woman's perspective, but most importantly, that was empowering and explain what this world really was like, broadening people's views, much like we do here at the University Pleasure Doc.
2: And I I completely agree with, with what Jeremiah said about how this book began. Part of my draw to this project was the idea of telling a story from a woman's perspective. Because when we look at literature, when we look at stories about sex, they are by and large written from, a man's perspective. Even women writers uh, tend to write stories that are for the male gaze because the male gaze is what sex is a lot in our society. And some of that is my women's studies undergrad talking and, you know, dreams that I had back when I was a little 20 something, um, reading about how stories are shaped. So what Amy does is She experiences this really in a woman's body. When we get to the erotic parts of the book, which are hot and steamy, and there are lots of them, they're really told about, like, how does it feel for a woman to experience sex? How does that live in her body? And the swinging experience is a fascinating one because it is so intense. I think that's one reason that we that I signed on to this project was because it is a misunderstood lifestyle that is intense and can be really, I think, healthy if it's done in the yeah. right context. Well, you know,
1: so I think that some of the stuff that we were talking about in our consensual non-monogamy episode are about these misconceptions. And I just, I would love to hear a little bit more about how like the two of you sort of researched this and kind of gathered your information. And, and I guess, what are the things that, you like kind of surprised you, I guess, in sort of your your research and as you were learning about the swinging community?
2: I think one thing really surprised me in my research about this and talking to swingers and getting into to these deep conversations with people about their marriages and how it affected their lives and how it made them feel more powerful or stronger was the real undercurrent of kind of wholesomeness within the swinging community. <laughs> I mean, who would have I love that. I love that. That's a phrase, uh, the undercurrent
1: of wholesomeness in the swinging community. I really want to just tag that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it is because so much of it is about really open conversations. We don't see that with our heroine specifically because we have some conflict for her, but the swingers that she encounters are these really lovely, normal, nice people. And From the interviews that I've done, the research that I've done, that's really what a lot of the swing community is. Everywhere has bad apples, of course. But there's really a lot of just wholesome couples out there who go get dirty and do dirty things with each other in really consensual and beautiful ways. And that's what Amy experiences. And Jeremiah, do you want to? Sorry.
0: No, no, not at all. You know, I just I totally agree with what I'm You know, there, there, again, we were talking about a lot of misconceptions about this world. And, uh, you know, as you have said many times, Doc, in different episodes, not even just about, you know, ethically non monogamous relationships, but, you know, we found in our research and then from my personal experience in the world that, you know, people had to face a lot of difficult conversations. You know, they have to have really hard conversations. And the level of intimacy and trust that we found that was built into these relationships of people that were ethically non-monogamous or the swinging lifestyle itself were, they were by and large the, the norm, if you would, if you'd say like that, they, they were the normal relationships. Again, as Autumn said, there are bad apples. There are people that are in it for not the most honest of reasons or, or the correct reasons, I guess you might say, or you know, you have somebody that's trying to use it as a band-aid to a relationship, all kinds of different things. But they're actually in the very small minority. Majority of people that are really in this world, we found, had very open, very honest relationships. They talked about very difficult things, and they built this really incredible intimacy and level of trust that really was fascinating to sit and actually just talk very openly about. And he also found that they were very open people in general into, you know, it opened them up into going and and understanding the world around them and kind of being a little more empathetic to people's views over here or people's views over there, you know, and it broke down a lot of barriers. So there was a lot of those things in there that were really incredible that we really wanted to kind of capture. In this world, especially with the couple uh, that our heroine uh, ends up meeting, so you know uh, it was it was just a really fascinating journey, and and again, um, Autumn just so beautifully put it into a beautiful storyline, and and just created such a, a really fun, genuine and real character that that is, in in my opinion, what makes the book so exciting is that. This isn't about, you know, something like (laughs) you watch like Fifty Shades of Grey and everyone's like super hot and like there's like super hot lighting. And like we wanted a book that because that's really not the norm. The norm is things are awkward. Things are goofy. A lot of people have, you know, their quirks that we don't talk about, you know, like we've talked about in episodes, Doc, where, you know. Goofy stuff happens. You know, you got to be able to realize and and laugh and it's not that serious and it's all good. And, you know, and that's really what this character is. She's klutzy and silly and goofy and does not. She is, a, a you know, believed to be an attractive woman, but she's not like a supermodel. Like, you know, we did the movie version one day that it's not probably not going to be Charlize Theron though, if you would like to come on the University of Pleasure, I will send you my hashtag and you can send me a you have message. Got to,
1: you have got to stop plugging that for her.
0: Okay. I'm, well, all right. All right. I'm just, I'm just if, she, if, if, if she's interested. So anyway, it was really about real people, real experiences. That's what oh, we're going I, for.
1: And I think that that's one of the things that I appreciated about the characters in the book. Um, and I appreciated just about the way that you approach the topic, right? As somebody that um, works and engages a lot with people in the swinging community or in the lifestyle, like, I think that there are these common misconceptions and one of which is often that it's like the people engaging are sort of engaging in this lawless hedonistic behavior, you know, and they're not, you know, it's, uh, it's irresponsible. And, you know, anybody that's ever really engaged with the community in any kind of way knows that that is really far from the truth. And again, as you said, there are always people that might be doing these things and, not so healthy ways, or, you know, or maybe not approaching them in the best uh, way, that's often the exception and not the rule. And I think that, like, you brought up Fifty Shades of Grey, Jeremiah, which I think is such an interesting thing for me, because I I remember (laughs) kind of feeling like, and some people might argue with me about this, and that's fine, but, like, I feel like the way that they often presented some of the behaviors is like there's this subtle under undercurrent was a good phrase you used earlier, right? An undercurrent that like it was unhealthy. Like that was what was right. Did Like the things that were going on weren't healthy and like they were hot, but they weren't really, they weren't healthy. But I think your book feels very different, right? There's more of a celebration of maybe some stuff that people aren't as familiar with in terms of sexual behavior and practices, but it doesn't have this like, mm, kind of, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Sort of like, uh, dark, dark sex shop feel where you gotta like hide in
2: a corner, you know? I don't know if you two know what I'm referring to, but yes, I feel like yes. some people probably will. I think that's the thing with Amy. Amy is goofy and funny and silly and very real and she is a complex character with lots of layers. Uh, you know, a lot of erotica can be perhaps accused of having one-dimensional characters. That is certainly not the case for Amy. She is Dealing with a lot, she's struggling with a lot of things that women can empathize with about being in a long marriage. And what does that feel like? How do you feel sexy after you have three kids? Your body changes. What does that mean? You guys did a great episode. I'm gonna plug the the podcast I'm on right now. You guys did a fantastic episode about body acceptance a few weeks ago that like I sent to my friends and I was like, This is what you need. That's what Amy does is she's not perfect the the couple that she has sex with their bodies are not entirely perfect they just roll with it anyway and and none of it you were talking about kind of the darkness and the dirtiness and the all that shame that we come to with our society amy kind of through her own quirks of her own personality does not have that shame you know, even though she is a, an American woman, she's a Southern woman who deals with a lot of those mores, but she's, she embraces this experience without thinking so much about what society might think. She just goes in and has this crazy threesome with this couple, you know, that's hot and heavy and it's okay. Those things that she experiences, that pleasure is just a positive thing for her in that moment. Well, and and I think that um one of the I think that that's one of the things that
1: I really like about this character. Although I'm I'm super interested in sort of the and I'm imagining that some of them it had some of it had to do with making a, the story more interesting. Or I'm aware that the story is based loosely on some real people, right? But how Amy actually begins her uh, sort of foray into the swinging lifestyle, right? Because um, she goes about it in a way that I probably certainly wouldn't recommend right which is if i'm not you know revealing too much which is behind her husband's back um so yeah i just was curious about that literary choice because it is certainly one that definitely makes her more human but i probably wouldn't recommend in general
0: yeah you know it's funny it, it's actually based on real events in in that aspect of things but there was also more of uh, it was just uh, as i'm sure autumn could say just you know, uh, more for the drama of the book and having some, you know... um you know, more aspects of, of excitement and ooh, what does this mean? And, you know, you know, building it into a book because no, we, you know, the funny thing is we would never recommend this is how you would go into the lifestyle, right? <laughs> you know, the lifestyle is a joy it is a joyous experience if everybody is on the same page and you're building this world of trust and we don't recommend and we're not saying that this book is a recommendation of a how to <laughs> to go into this right. world.
1: You're writing a, a story, not a manual.
0: Correct. Though one yeah. of the brilliance of my writing partner is she wanted to make sure that everybody understood what we were talking about and even put in an appendix of things that explain what the things are that we're referring to. Yeah, you had a glossary. Was that
1: was
2: fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you yeah. had a glossary of terminology. I think it's super helpful. But well, we do. It's This book is somewhat about education. I mean, for me, it's about, I don't know if I would, I might call it activism. You know, everything that I write, I try to take on projects that have meaning. I don't just sign up to anything. Like I wouldn't just sign up to write some sexy novel. Um, I'm a respected writer, y'all. Like I write about (laughs) big topics and I usually write nonfiction. And this is, it's a fun story, but it's also something that is meaningful and meant to be transformative for the reader. So Amy does go into this thing in the wrong way. And we, You know, when she makes these choices, you're like, don't do that, Amy. Because that's dramatic, right? But her heart is in the right place. And she does make mistakes. And she does fall into some luck. You know, Amy gets finds a really great swinging couple to have her experience with really fast. That's not usually how this goes down.
0: Yeah, to say the least.
2: (laughs) And they are really lovely. And they you know, they practice really fantastic consent. I teach it in the honors program at UNC Greensboro. I teach writing and we talk about consent with college students a lot. And that's something that is maybe a little bit foreign to folks who are older um, because Amy is in her forties. And in the swinging lifestyle, consent is a really big deal. And it's something that's communicated really effectively and consistently. But that's if you fall into the right people. So the way that she swipes on an app and just meets some people—that's not, not like necessarily a way to find people are gonna appreciate your consent in the way that she does. But she does, you know.
0: It's a story. Her
2: story is- <laughs> it's, a, it's a story.
1: And you, it's a story. You, you, you need to you need to move the story along a little more quickly than the first fourteen swipes and yeah. negotiate with people. But I mean, I think that that's something. You know, the way that Amy starts this right which is I mean essentially not really being honest with her husband about how she's feeling and what's going on and I mean to be fair like I do think that that's reflective of common experiences right like when people are often coming to my office or frankly even talking to me personally about things a lot of times things aren't always starting in these really beautiful consensual ways right or where people are talking about stuff a lot of times people are coming in and talking to me because there's been some kind of problem now I'm always really, uh, impressed by the, by the, the couples that I see and their resilience, right? Like a lot of times it's couples working through things after things have gone wrong, after maybe they made some choices that weren't the right choices that they can kind of look back on hindsight and said, yeah, I didn't go about that the right way. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's probably a more accurate reflection of sometimes how things can begin, right? Changes can kind of begin in relational structures and the way that people are engaging in their relationships.
0: Absolutely, and you know the the thing that was important really for us writing the book again was to to really get right this aspect from a, a woman's perspective, which, again, Autumn does so brilliantly uh, in in the book because there were so many moments where I would come up and be like, okay, I've got an idea for this. This is gonna be really sexy. It's gonna be really great, and we'd start talking, and I'd be like, nah. and then then this will happen. This will happen. It'll be really hot, and then all of a sudden Autumn would go, Yeah, well, that's really great, and that would be really hot for a guy, in. And- <laughs> <laughs> She's like so let me take that idea and see if it could be formed into a exciting moment from a woman's you, perspective.
1: You, Autumn you would do redirect your Amaya so much more kindly than I do. <laughs> I, to, I really feel like I need to learn something from you. I did used to teach middle school, so I'm <laughs> really familiar. See, that was like a very underhanded burn that I
0: very much oh, it Oh, the burn was so deep and so good. So true. I really am just 12 or 13 years old at heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, just because I know that we're probably starting to run low on time with Autumn here, one of the other things that I just Because we were talking about sort of how, um, just since you're here and to use you as a research because our resource, because you two did all this wonderful research here. You know, I know that a lot of times, speaking of Amy, right, and the way that she kind of got started, a lot of times people don't really know how to get started if they're interested in becoming more engaged in the lifestyle or the swing community. Do you two have any recommendations based on just, you know, spending some time with this topic in your book or things that you found or things that you seem, as you listen to people's stories, seem to be more successful for people?
0: Yeah. Um, You want to start with that, Autumn?
2: Well, I was just going to, there are lots of places out there to meet people. Amy does it through an app. I know there are swingers on Tinder, um, but there are other apps out there like Field that have, that are more for people who are in consensually non-monogamous relationships.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we, you know, when we first started talking, I was telling Autumn about when I experienced the lifestyle a long time ago. There was a very uh, well-known lifestyle website called Lifestyle Lounge, which spe- was specifically for uh, the swinging lifestyle. Um, and again, there were, it was very rule-based. So, you know, it, it, and that helped to sort through because you got to build a very good fil- filter. You know, you're going to, as the doc explained in one of our previous episodes about, you know, um, online dating – you know, very similar, even though you might have your partner, it's very similar to online dating, like, you know, swiping left and swiping right. But you want to make sure that the people you meet are real people. Um, A lot of the all, well, just about all the couples we talked to and did research with all had a system. And they maybe varied a little bit here and there, but they were all pretty consistent. It was just really about weeding out people who were in it maybe for the wrong reasons or weren't quite who they portrayed themselves to be online or, and usually the system was to find a website like a Lifestyle Lounge or like an app like Field, things that were specific to that world, um, build a profile, and then build a good filtering system, which usually meant emailing back and forth a little bit, getting to know the more texting back and forth as a group. So, you know, to make sure that, you know, you had husband and wife on there, so it was all together. And so the other couple was on there, so you have a group of four that are all talking back and forth, so it's all above board. Then from there, it was about... Once you felt certain comfort levels to do like a FaceTime session to make sure everybody proved. And that's like a, by the way, clothed session. So it's not a sexual thing. It was just to say, hey, we are who we say we are. We look like our photographs and we are the people. We're not somebody hiding in the basement and catfishing you. And then from there, it was often uh, a setup to go meet in person just for like coffee or a drink to see if you were compatible in person. And if everybody was still on board with the idea that, hey. At any given time, we might just pull the ripcord and say we're not really interested. And you are really great people, and but there's no connection here. And and what we found was everybody was very open to all of these things and whatever those rules were that were set into place. So people that were interested in starting usually started with the apps. Then they would build a good filtering system. But most importantly, what we found, and Autumn, you can attest to this, I think, is was communication was key to all of these things. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely. That that's because it is about comfort. You guys talk a lot about this. I think on the podcast here is that sex is about being comfortable in yourself. And so if you're not comfortable with your partners, even in like this swinging community, then it's not going to be a positive experience. Absolutely. So that's so, what we're looking
0: for. Yeah. So it was for us. It was really just you know continuous conversation with people saying, yeah, we would start slow. And that was always kind of the theme If they were going about it the right way. It was, we would say, Hey, we're going to meet. And and then they would say, we're not really up for going into a full swap scenario. And, you know, we might want to start just watching other people and having them watch us. And then it was maybe kissing the other person's partner and vice versa. And then after each time, the couples that we met for most, by and large, they all said the same thing. We would do one experience, then we would stop and connect and communicate after the fact, talk throughout. How did that make you feel? How did that make me feel? Which was always a difficult conversation to have. And then kind of go, okay, we crossed that threshold and on to the next. And that was really amazing to hear that that was pretty much the norm across the board.
1: Right, and and very antithetical to the stereotype of people that are engaging in ethical non-monogamy or, in this case, swinging as people, like I said, that are sort of just lawlessly moving (laughs) through things in this very hedonistic way. Like, the irony is it's kind of hilarious for a lot of people that are doing these things very responsibly. They're like, are you kidding? There's so many rules. There's so much conversation. We're always processing. We're always processing so much. And I'm not saying that there aren't people that certainly go about it in different ways, but often those people really have a hard time sustaining it because they're not going about it in these ways that you're describing, right? Like it gets very messy very fast because they're not talking because they're having a hard time. Although I did want to say before we run out of time with Autumn here that it is really interesting when you're talking about like couples beginning very slowly because I feel like your character Amy kind of went in full steam Uh, uh, you wrote a very sexy three-way scene, which I'm very excited because we're going to, our next section is going to be about three ways. Right. Um, But uh, I think it's, it was interesting to me that Amy sort of was, she dived right on in. I don't know. She, she took it in the way that you're advising.
2: Well, I think the thing, what I love about the fact that Amy is, is the unicorn in this situation and a unicorn is a single woman or an unattached woman who comes in with a couple Amy embraces that, and that can feel tawdry, I don't know, that can feel dirty for a woman to embrace that kind of thing, she becomes this autonomous person who takes charge of her sexuality, and is takes full physical pleasure in these two people that she's with, and for a woman to do that, I think is a challenge, and it's something that I really felt, powerfully that Amy needed to do in this book because that sex scene is really hot but for it not to be about the couple experiencing her but instead about her experience is really something that women can learn from I think that it's okay to want all that stimulation that happens in that situation and to revel in it. It does not make her an object because there's not a point in that three-way scene I think where she becomes their object. And that was really important to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the, the the fun thing is about this book in general is we really, again, as I was saying earlier, we wanted this to be as real to life as possible and understanding this world. And, you know, when Autumn says that it's a, you know, uh, empowerment erotica, we really see it that way because it, and, and she so brilliantly came up with that title um, uh, because it really is about. A woman who is goofy and kind of klutzy and that kind of every woman sensibility, every man sensibility that could be your friend, your neighbor. You know, they have their job and their husband and their children. And, you know, and and by and large, you know, when we started doing research, we found, you know, I think I don't remember exact numbers, but they just the sheer amount of women who have never experienced in, in American society uh, having an orgasm and. You know what that meant. And, you know, we were floored by these things. And really, and when Autumn and I started working on this, Autumn just so brilliantly came up with these these thought processes of we really want to I want to address certain aspects of the every woman's life of being a mother, her body image after it, having children and. You know what that means for her sexuality or sexual relationship with her husband, because as we've talked about in the University of Pleasure Doc, it's so difficult to just if you're in a couple, you've been married a long time to have a conversation about maybe you're not happy, maybe you want more, maybe You want to try something new, and these things are very difficult. And Amy goes through these things and struggles with them, just as so many millions and millions of people, women and men, do in their lives. And that was really another point of the book. The book is meant to be fun. It's meant to be sexy. And, again, it's the first book of a series. So Amy is going to have many, many more adventures, which we're very excited about. She's going to be like the Jack Reacher of female experiences. (laughs)
1: Is that, is that your is Jack, Jack Reacher? Is that.
0: <laughs> okay. Listen, book files out there, no Jack Reacher. Okay?
1: I'm, I'm listening to what Autumn's saying and I'm listening to what you're saying.
0: <laughs> Amy's my Jack Reacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just say that in all seriousness. I just say that as it's a, it's, it's a, it's a character that will have continuous adventures. And I'm so honored to have an incredible writing partner someone who's so talented to help shepherd this story along and 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 Amy's journey. And uh, we're very honored to be able to release this book out to the public. And the one thing that we talked about with so much that's been going on, um, we are going to be releasing the book for free. That you can get it on the University of Pleasure um, for a limited time by putting in your email address and following the link. And you can get a copy of the book for a limited time because so many of us are struggling out there and uh, even though we're in difficult times, uh, you, as the doc was saying, and still need to have some pleasure out there. And there's nothing wrong yep, with pleasure, being...
1: Pleasure is important.
0: It's you got to balance important. it out, right? Yep. So, very honored uh, to be able to release this book out to the public through the University of Pleasure and have it free for a limited time. And we'll talk more about that later in the episode as to where to go. But thank you so much. Autumn, for one, being my writing partner on this and two, being here with us at the University of Pleasure today.
2: Thank you guys for having me and this book really was, it was a joy to write. Jeremiah has some truly empowering and fantastic perspectives. I think that writing with him helped this story to open up but to have that impetus to really push into the swinging community is its a really fun ride even if the people who are reading it Don't ever want to be swingers. That doesn't mean that you can't read it and have fun and learn about yourself through her journey. So thank you guys for being part of the whole
1: process. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much, Autumn. And thanks for coming on and answering some questions and giving some education. As always, our favorite thing to do here.
0: All right. Well, we're going to keep on moving. Thank you to Autumn. Thank you to the doc for the interview. And folks, we'll be right back. And we are back, folks, after that amazing interview with the incredibly talented Autumn Karen. And I just want to thank her so much again for being our very first interview in the University of Pleasure. She is such a rock star. And uh, again, Amy, book one of the series is going to be available for free starting June the 10th. All you have to do is put in your email address and you will receive a link to download the book for free. We know right now that things are very difficult. Many people have lost their jobs. Many people are struggling to find ways to find joy and excitement in these difficult times. And it was important to us here, both at the University of Pleasure and as authors, to give something back to all of you, uh, especially those who have been supporting us here, but really just to um, people in general. Tell your friends if you'd like a free book to sit down and read and find a few hours of joy, go to the University of Pleasure website, which is universityofpleasure.com. Follow the links over to our publishing wing and put in your email address and you'll get a downloadable link. It'll be available for a limited time for free to anyone who would like it. So check it out. And now we're going to go back to our topics. And this one, I'm going to let the doc read. Drop it on us. (laughs)
1: Saying yay to the (laughs) three-way.
0: So good. (laughs) Okay, so.
1: (laughs) It was appropriate to the book.
0: It was 100% appropriate to the book. Is 100% 100 appropriate to the book. I am. Writing
1: writing these titles is the greatest pleasure of my life. (laughs) 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 That Um, might be a little hyperbolic, but I really enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Understand why? Because they're brilliant and you're brilliant. So why say yay to three-way? I mean, I could sit here all day and tell you why, in my humble well, opinion. I just,
1: I felt like it was a good topic, right? Like uh, like I said, like in the book of Amy, you all wrote a very, what I thought was very well written and very sexy three-way scene. And it seemed like a good opportunity. Um, and you know, it's just a topic that we haven't talked about a lot. And three-ways, a lot of people have fantasies about three-ways or interests. Um, a lot of people have engaged in three-ways. And I think it would probably be good to, You know, just talk a little bit about if either you're interested in or doing it or you have done it and you want ways to maybe make it go a little better or figuring out how can I maybe start this or make this an actual possibility. Just some tips, tools, suggestions, etiquette, you know.
0: Well, drop us with some knowledge here, Doc.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I think probably the first place that I would start would be. Around, like, maybe for somebody that's interested in engaging in a three way. Uh, By the way, a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today is probably coming more from the angle of, like, if you're a person that's in an established relationship and you're looking to maybe invite a third in, right? Um, Some of the stuff I'll try to talk a little bit about, like, if you're maybe a single person that's trying to engage with two other people, whether they're established or not established, some things to think about. But I just want to say that a lot of it's going to be from that sort of lens. But um, if, so let's say you're a couple that is interested in inviting a third in. Well, the first thing would be that, as always, you probably should talk about that. And you should probably talk about it a fair amount, not just like, hey, we had half a bottle of wine and it seems like a good idea <laughs> to just jump on in tonight. Right. Like, let's get on Tinder and find somebody or ask the neighbor. I don't know. Um, but I think in general, one of the things that I would recommend doing during that conversation would definitely be setting some boundaries beforehand, right? Thinking about what you might be comfortable with, thinking about what might be difficult, what are some things that seem important to you. Um, and then that being said, if you set boundaries, and this is very important, Jeremiah, then you need to keep them.
0: <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh, is so true. Well, here, Let me stop you right there, if, I, if you don't yeah. mind, Doc. The reason, in my humble opinion, that this is important and and this is a lot of the research that we did about the book, that sort of thing. If you set a boundary and then you get in there and then you're like, hey, you know what? It's cool. I'm feeling good. And then you blow past that boundary. That doesn't necessarily mean your partner's that cool and that ready. And, you know, and if you go down that road, it can cause a lot of problems. That's why we say like in the swinging lifestyle, there's so many rules. And it's so important that those rules are followed because, you know, just because it feels great to you does not necessarily mean that it's cool with your partner. And especially in a three-way scenario, would you agree, Doc? Right.
1: Yeah. And, or just because you're emotionally ready for something doesn't mean that your partner will be right. Or the third that, you know, anyone involved Um, is going to be ready for that. And it's also just about trust, right? You're really trying to, between all parties involved, you're trying to establish a lot of trust. And and it is really important that if you agree on boundaries, you made those for a reason. And here's the thing, like I wouldn't (laughs) treat things like it's like your last meal on earth, right? Like just because you don't do something the first time, doesn't mean you couldn't try it again, right when a little bit more trust or a little bit more comfort has been established. like a lot of times people are like maybe this is my only chance. <laughs> I need to do it all right And I think that can be sort of a, a problematic thing. but like and, and and just to harken back to a previous episode, right we talked it was an earlier episode and we talked about the impact of arousal on decision making. A lot of people go in being like, these are my boundaries. And we're absolutely gonna keep these. And then one or both or all three parties might be like, oh, we're hot, we're having fun. We're a little aroused and now all of a sudden it's much easier for decision making, right? To kind of go out the window, right? Like, oh, we said that we'd all use barriers, right? We'd all use condoms or dental dams or whatever type of barriers people are using. And now all of a sudden people are like, but it feels good without them, So let's just do that, right? (laughs) And then afterward, now (laughs) they're all processing through their regrets or maybe the boundaries that they broke and they're worrying about safety. Like that would be an example, And so part of like knowing that you're a little compromised, it's being like really firm and like looking at each other or being like, we're going to keep these boundaries. And if we feel safer in the future, then we can renegotiate those boundaries.
0: All right. I totally agree with that 100 percent, because then when you do the renegotiation, which, by the way, is a hard conversation to have, like we've talked about, you are building trust. B, you're building intimacy, like the doc has said in previous interviews, interviews. I'm not interviewing you. You're my partner in this. Never mind. You follow what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Discussions. Discussions. Thank you. I was just so excited about having an interview. Okay. I got a little lost in it. So yeah, make sure you have that renegotiation. Talk about it. Talk about how you felt. Talk about where it put you emotionally, et cetera. Not easy to do, but when you do, you build that intimacy, you build that trust. And then maybe the next thing you do might even be more exciting and more fun. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, it's, it's doing the hard stuff that builds intimacy, right? Like it's not the simple stuff that tends to build that it's the really difficult conversations. It's conflict. That's the stuff that builds intimacy in relationships. And so trying, even though I know that it doesn't always feel good and it's stressful, it really is the thing. I mean, it sounds very trite, but it's pretty accurate. Like it's the stuff that makes everything much stronger for people. And so I highly recommend that. Um, I also think like, interestingly, the next kind of sort of piece of uh, encouragement I give to people, you kind of talked about in terms of the swinging lifestyle, because I'm talking about three ways, right? And that can happen for, you don't have to be a swinger to be in a three way, right? Like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, there's all sorts of people that have all sorts of interests that might be interested in a three way situation. But this idea of like, you don't have to start all in. And what I mean by that is for some people, not all, for some people, certain types of penetrative sex, right? Regardless of sexual orientation or gender like might feel like kind of that all in piece. Right. Uh, it might like everyone sort of has like, this is what we see as like kind of the, the like gold standard of what like sex means to us. Right. And starting, maybe you don't need to start with that. Right. Like maybe you can start with making out with somebody else. Maybe you can start with, again, you don't even need to start sexually. I really recommend getting to know people in a non-sexual context. Right. Like, um, interestingly in your book amy like she went to meet them i think for a drink right sometimes i'd recommend probably coffee over a drink (laughs) just because alcohol can change decision making and things like that as well but you know you don't have to start sort of like okay we're gonna have a three-way and we're gonna go to the max here right of whatever that means to you as a couple or as an individual you can start you know like maybe we all just like hang out maybe we like do a little make out and that's our boundary and we see how we feel and we gather. I often talk to people about gather some data before you just go all in on something. And again, some people get excited and or they feel ready for that. And that's fine. But this is just for people that maybe one or both parties or all parties are feeling a little tentative that it's OK. Like nothing bad's going to happen if you just play it a little safe and you see how that makes you feel before you go further on. So that would be another thing that I would say.
0: Yep. I love it, doc. I think that's great. And, and, you know, uh, for me, what I I just always think is so important is also get to know the person that's coming in to be, if it's a couple who's going to be your third, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Like that, get that cup of coffee. Yeah. You uh, go to an arcade and play some video games or some pinball together for a little bit. Exactly. Right. I mean, I know it's a little bit trickier right now with social distancing, but Under typical circumstances, that'd be what I'd recommend. Now you could maybe do some Skypes or something, right? Just to get a sense of somebody. Um, The other thing that I really suggest is if you're going to go into something for the first time, be open to it being an experiment and try not to go in with an expectation for a particular outcome. And I know that that's much easier said than done. But what I mean by that is like, for instance, let's say you're somebody that's been really excited about the idea of having a three-way but your partner maybe hasn't been as much and you kind of had been pulling them on board and they're finally like, all right, I'll try it. I wouldn't start to expect like, this is going to go great. And my partner's absolutely going to love this. And now we're a couple that has three ways, right? Like that might, that might not be the situation. Maybe it will be, maybe your partner likes it more than you and you ended up not liking it. Right. Because fantasy sometimes is fantasy and the reality of something isn't as odd as you think it's going to be, or it's more stressful, but, if you go in with an expectation of a particular outcome and you get very attached to a particular outcome, that can make things much more difficult to navigate, all, just not only within yourself, but also with a partner or all parties involved. So kind of going in, and again, it's a little bit of mental gymnastics, but trying to be like, I'm going to try to go in and let this just be what it is without attaching to some particular ending that I have in mind. I hope that makes sense.
0: 100% makes sense. Because it, it should be not – you should not be putting on a whole bunch of um, pressure into the situation. You know, if you're looking at it as an experiment, looking at it to see how it goes, and then being able to communicate about it later, brilliant. But if you go in there and you're just like, we've got to do this or it's a fail, it's yes. it's not – it's too much pressure. It's too much pressure.
1: It's way too much pressure. And everyone knows that pressure and sex, what a hot combination. Right. right? Like, <laughs> Not at all. Right. It causes lots of problems. And like I said, like, you know, I think one of the other pieces of things that I just always encourage people to remember, and not just about three ways, but any kind of new sexual behavior, sort of new sexual adventure you might be going on. You know, sometimes things just really are hotter in your fantasies than they are in real life, or they're more, they're obviously going to be easier in your fantasies. Like, for instance, in a fantasy, everybody's body parts work the way that they need them to work, right? People can get aroused. They can hold an erection or they can get as wet as they want to get, or just that their body is sort of operating like that would be a really good example. But you know, when you, it's kind of like porn, right? Like they edit that stuff out uh, for the most part, right? right? Exactly. But, But in a real life circumstance, you might be really excited about this three way, but also super nervous and that might make it hard for you to enjoy it as much as you want to enjoy it because it's new and it's novel and it's normal to get anxious in those kind of scenarios. And so part of it is also not putting too much pressure on yourself, right? um a lot of us not everyone by any stretch of the imagination a lot of us are people pleasers right and now you're trying to please two people not one and that can be <laughs> stressful yes. right um, but i i think that that would be this kind of idea of like just going in with this like spirit of experimentation i know we've talked in previous episodes it's like one of my like career goals to get people to let it be okay for things not to go well or things to fail it's not the end of the world. Right. That's definitely something that would apply to this kind of circumstance. You're you're trying something new and it's going to go how it goes. And as long as you and your partner are all parties, are communicating clearly and openly, it's probably going to be OK.
0: Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Did you have something okay. to say?
1: Yes, I do. I have more to say.
0: (laughs) I was just just sitting here agreeing with you, as I often do.
1: You're remarkably quiet today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was just also going to say that I think one of the other things that I encourage people to do is prepare that you might experience some unanticipated emotions, maybe during, maybe after, right? In fantasy, right, it might be really hot to think about maybe, let's say, your partner having a lot of fun with another person, right? But in reality, that might spark some feelings of insecurity or jealousy, right? Um, or let's say you're enjoying something more than you anticipated. You might experience some guilt or afterward, you might feel guilty or bad about that. So, and that's okay. Like as long as people are talking, they can work through that. That's normal. Whenever you, no risk, no reward, right? Whenever you try something new, it's going to come along with a new set of emotions. Why? Because you're changing the existing dynamic. And it's not, I wouldn't treat it as sex as usual right like you're not you're not going to have the same feelings as usual because you're doing something different and that's ultimately going to change the emotional dynamic and again this might not apply for some people some people might be listening to this and being like I don't know me and my partner had a three-way and it was fine and dandy but there's also just as many people that might go in and have a lot of experiences that they're not anticipating.
0: True that. True that.
1: Great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your insights today are very profound Jeremiah. thank you thank you
0: doc thank you no you know I just uh, when I say true that I'm, I'm being very serious I mean you're you're everything you're saying to me is just it's it's one obviously brilliant but two you don't really have much to say other than yeah yeah uh-huh. agreed <laughs> agreed Like I just because truthfully, if you know me, if I had something to say, I'd be like, okay, listen, let me let me get on the old Jeremiah soapbox, and then I would start jamming. But everything you're saying, I think, is right on the money with this, and I think it's important to really sit down and have conversation, as we've said, and have that kind of dialogue and go through different things and really stick by your rules, don't blow past them. All the things that Tiger is putting out there, ironically, are things I would have recommended. So I was just agreeing with you.
1: Oh, well, okay. That's what that feels like, I guess. A... <laughs> it's just a new, like I said, sometimes there are new emotional experiences and you just have to navigate them together, right? So there Maybe it that's is. one of these. Um, <laughs> um, I do want to talk, if it's okay, before we run out of time today, a little bit about maybe um, just a couple of things about if you're already in a couple, right? Pay attention to other dynamics that are already existing in your relationship, right? Like, if someone can't even handle the idea, I don't know, for example, of, like, you using a dildo larger than them, you know what I mean? Like, like in terms of, like, they get jealous easily, and they're talking about a three-way, you definitely want to have some conversations,
0: It's going to be super important, yep, super important.
1: Right. Um, I mean, and that would just be an example. There's lots of sort of like if there's a lot of insecurities that are already coming up just in your our your like existing dynamic and you haven't attended to those, I'd say attend to some of those insecurities before you invite another person in to be a part of that a part of that dynamic and a part of that soup. oh, yeah, right? Like, oh
0: yeah,, uh, don't jump into the deep end of the pool. I mean, if you guys have all of this, you know, if you've got a lot of things going on, things that you're really concerned about, things you're really insecure about. Really take the time to address those things before you jump into a menage a trois of some kind because, you, again, that could, don't use it as a band-aid. Don't use it as something you might think is going to fix something. Often not, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, Doc, If you don't have good communication, you don't have a good foundation built of trust and intimacy, jumping into that is not going to fix anything. More than likely, it's probably going to make it tougher, and you're probably going to have even more difficult conversations ahead of you. So if you do the work ahead of time, like the doc is saying, you can go in there a little bit more clear-minded, clear-minded of the soul, and you guys could just have some fun, sexy time instead of like a, I don't know scenario. it's it's even...
1: Even a high-functioning couple might find this just something new and difficult to navigate, right? Even if it's fun, right? Like, that's the thing. There's multiple truths that exist at the same time, right? Like, you could have a three-way that could be a hell of fun and still really emotionally complicated for you as a couple, right? Like, being okay with the fact that, like, all those dynamics can exist at the exact same time. And if you're already struggling with less complicated dynamics, then, yeah, and there's always exceptions to everything, but I really recommend that you try to spend a little time ironing some of those out before you throw in more, or as you said, Jeremiah, like use it as a problem-solving strategy, right? Um, because often it doesn't really sustain over time, right? Because you are sort of just putting a band-aid on something. Um, and and like that being said, I think one of the other things I really recommend, especially if you're a couple, is that's an existing couple, be really thoughtful about. Who you're bringing into your dynamic, right? Like, that's why I say take a little time, get to know that little person. I'm not like that person, I'm not saying you have to go on like a vacation with them, but like, take a little time, have a cup of coffee, whatever, a kombucha, whatever your style is, and just chat a little to make sure that that vibe is something is that feels right well.
0: It's got to be the right fit,
1: right? And you know, if you're on the other end coming in from a single person, I'd say the exact same thing pay attention to that couple. If that couple feels hella dysfunctional. (laughs) Like, (laughs) right? Like if if you feel a lot of tension or just like a something that just kind of makes the hairs in the back of your neck go, hmm, something doesn't feel quite right. I trust your gut on that. Trust your
0: gut because listen, again, the idea of the sexy time might skew your judgment a little because sometimes (laughs) as we've talked about here at the University of Pleasure, sometimes when you get really turned on, you don't make the best decisions. So think about it. If you start feeling that ahead of time, Really listen to the little hairs in the back of your neck because you do not want to be in a situation where everybody's naked and then people start fighting and people are crying. And I mean, it's that's that's no bueno, not fun, sexy. Right. Time.
1: Well, and and I think that, like, huh, and and I could say this is true whether you're coming in as a single person or existing couple, uh, three single people, right? It doesn't really matter, right? But like, this sort of idea of like be like be true with thyself, right? if you know you're not in a good place, or you know that you yourself really struggled to keep boundaries, or maybe you know that you're a person that you kind of know it about yourself, you like to stir shit up, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you can be honest with yourself and know that maybe like, you're not in a good place to engage in something a little bit more complicated in terms of that dynamic, try to be honest with yourself about that. And maybe, you know, timing is everything. Maybe you're not ready for it right now. Maybe you might be ready for it in a little bit. But if people are going into things that they don't really feel ready for, or they frankly know they're not ready for, that's often going to end very poorly for one, if not all, parties involved. And so, I, I think that that's super important, both to pr- protect yourself and to protect other people. Like we talk about, just really trying to be respectful with, and frankly, not have up with other people's dynamics. Right? Like, yeah. life is complicated enough. You're trying if you're trying to have a nice time and engage in some pleasure. The last thing you want to do is, you know, try to go into something because maybe you're looking for a quick fix to feel better, but you know, you're not quite ready for that. And then all of a sudden now you got even more, you know, sometimes it's hard for us as humans, not to just engage in self-defeating behavior, right? Like we, we, as humans often will be like, this is a bad idea. I'm going to do it anyway. right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And every person, I would think nearly every person listening to this had some instance and maybe it's not about sex in their life where they can look back and go, oh yeah. I absolutely went in headfirst to a scenario that I knew was a terrible idea, right? And that's a really human problem. And all we can really do is to try as we develop and as we get more mature to try to be more and more honest with ourselves about that and create some stoppers uh, to that behavior.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. These are the (gasps) tips of the trade. If you want to... I have one more thing. Oh, my.
1: I'm sorry, Jeremiah, I have one more thing. I always have one more thing. I always have 12 more things, but can I do one more?
0: One more. And then you're cut off because you're like on, you're like hepped up on three-way crazy right now. I mean, I'm sitting there (laughs) going, like. No, this one's important. Be honest with people, whether you're a
1: couple or an individual or whatever the situation is, be honest if it's your first time. A lot of times. People don't want to appear like inexperienced and they feel worried about that. So they like play it up like they've done this a ton of times before. So then people might push you or push the dynamic or the experience to something that you are not ready for. And they don't understand your responses because they're operating from a sense that like you're experienced or something. And really, truly, a lot of times people are more often than not incredibly understanding. And sometimes, frankly, that can actually be hot for some people, right? I
0: mean, I mean, be perfectly. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, uh, and okay, it's totally fine that you said this because it's very important. You were right, okay. So, uh, but I do want to say. 100% that it's actually really hot. Like if it's your first time, there's a lot of sexy aspects to that for everybody involved. Maybe it's their first time and you've done it before and then you kind of are in a good situation to feel kind of empowered and show them the way and vice versa, right? So be honest and really, again, back to the book and everything we did the research on, by and large, people will, they totally would rather you be honest and tell them the truth Whoever it may be, whether it's you being the first time as a third or you being in a situation where the couple is having their first time and you've done it before. People love that honesty in in the lifestyle because of the fact that it's communication. People don't have to assume you've done something you haven't done and it doesn't muddy the waters. It's more fun if you just know what the boundaries are, where your limits are. And if you've had the conversations with people saying, ah, oh, it's my first time, ah, oh, it's my third time, or yeah, whatever, you know, having that information in place will make it less stressful and more fun.
1: Right. I cannot overemphasize the idea that when people feel emotionally safer, they tend to have much better experiences, right? And a lot of times we think, ah, oh, safety, that, that's not as hot. That's not as exciting. Maybe in fantasy, but in real life, more often than not, most people will describe having much more satisfying experiences if they feel safe, if they feel like their boundaries or the things that are important to them are going to be respected and they know that the other person has some awareness of that. And so coming on in and pretending like you're in a place that you're not in or being dishonest about that. And to be fair, it is hard, right? It's hard to sometimes be honest about those things, but it really can create such a better experience for you and anyone else that's engaging with you. And I could, frankly apply that to really any kind of sexual practice, but um, safety often equals more fun.
0: There you have it. Can I close this out now or are you going-
1: Now I'm done. (laughs) Where am I? Apparently, I need to go to my country club to play tennis. That's right. You have a tennis (laughs) date.
0: Thank you for bringing it full circle.
1: I do not belong to a country club. Not that
0: there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, that. even if you did, Doc. I just had that one little moment to tease you. That was all. It was it. That was it. So now that she's letting me close out this episode, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the University of Pleasure Thank you again to Autumn Karen for being here for our first interview for the book Amy, book one of a series. And thank you to you, Doc, for all of the insight into the menage a trois, which, by the way, is the technical term from what I'm told. Am I right on that?
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex.
1: And I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist.
0: And we'll be talking to you all next Monday, same bat time, same bat channel. Take care, everybody. Stay safe and healthy. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com.